This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a breakfast podcast. Listen live every Saturday morning from 7 till 9 on Australia's only gay and lesbian community radio station, Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're listening to Breakfast with Beck and Conrad. It's 21 minutes after 8 o'clock. And that was a cover, just because you and I love covers so much, do. Uh, of Ellie Goulding's Starry-Eyed. And it's by a band, I'm going to say, You, Me at Six. Hmm. Oh, I love a quirky band title. You certainly do. Or a bracketed song or, you know, any of those <laughs> variations. Hey, uh, Hungry Beast has returned for its third season and uh, we're very lucky this morning to have one of the presenters on the line. A very good morning to you, Monique Shafter. Hello, how are you going? Very well, how are you? <laughs> oh, lovely, thank you. Up early on a Saturday morning. You bet, off to boxing soon. Oh, very good. Finish your muesli already? <laughs> <laughs> so episode uh, three of Hungry Beast is on this Wednesday at 9.30 on ABC One. What stories were you involved in for Eps 1 and 2? For the first episode, I did a story on three trans guys and looked at the idea of disclosure. The three dudes who we focused on pass very convincingly, I guess, as biological males. And we looked at their attitudes towards telling people about the fact that they're transgender, how important it is for them, and if, if it is important for people to know their personal histories when they're getting to know someone. So that was the first episode. And then in the second episode, I looked at a lady who has locked-in syndrome, which basically means she um, suffered a stroke and she's a full quadriplegic. And the only way she can communicate to people is through blinking. So they were both two pretty serious stories for my first two episodes. Mm. Yeah, they were. So episode one with the trans guys, I noticed if you did miss it, it was on a couple of weeks ago now, you can catch it on iView. You've actually got a longer version of it on iView as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the website, we've got um, an extended version and the, the one that went to TV. We we made a longer version of the um, the story because we actually interviewed more than the three guys who made it to TV. There's a, a fourth guy in the web cut called Dexter, who's a really, really awesome dude who has a lot to contribute to the story. But because of the uh, the short duration of our show, we, we couldn't get them all on. We didn't have enough time in the episode, unfortunately. So that's good. You can hop on to um, the Hungry Beast website, which is hungrybeast.abc.net.au if you missed it, and have a watch. Which I did. And it was, it's so handy. I love having, um, being able to tap into stuff like that. Yeah, man. Go internet. Yes. <laughs> and so you also did a forum as a part of that episode, so straight after the episode aired on TV? Yeah, yeah. Because the story really only touched the tip of the iceberg in terms of transgender issues, we thought that viewers would have a lot of questions after seeing that story go to air. So we had a forum where people could jump online and talk directly to uh, Billy and Atari, who are two of the guys who feature in the story, um, as well as a a gender counsellor from the the Gender Centre here in Sydney. Um, And it was a really good forum. We had lots of, like, younger kids who are gender curious jumping on and asking very genuine questions of the guys. Um, We were a little bit worried that we might get a few dickheads on there kind of asking inappropriate (laughs) stuff. Of course. Um, And... I mean, but you know, I guess all questions are kind of valid because people are curious and not everyone is that well informed about this stuff. So I guess our main intention was sort of 
starting a, a conversation and dialogue about trans issues. If I've missed the episode and I go back onto the Hungry Beast website to view it, is there any way for me to be able to um, find out how the forum went or the content of the forum? Yeah, 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 totally. If you um, look at the, the stories on the website, there's a link there to uh, watch a transcript of the forum. Cool. And when you're doing researching and getting ready to do a story like that, so how did you come up with the idea of doing a, um, a female to male trans story? Um, I made this story with one of my Hungry Beast colleagues, Ali. Um, she and I are the two kind of queer kids on the team. <laughs> cool. We do a lot of the the um, the, the, the sex and, and gender diverse kind of stories. Um, mainly, the, the idea probably came from a lot of our friends in the queer community deciding to transition. Right. And we had noticed, you know, even people who identified as lesbians, I guess, in the past, who are pretty butch, butch lesbians, who um, more recently had decided to transition who'd realised that they were trans mm-hmm. so because we'd noticed that just in our circle of friends we thought hey you know we should really do a story on this because it seems that, that this is going along like the, the visibility of the, the F2M community is really increasing worldwide so we decided to um to, to find some guys in Australia and let them tell their stories. And how, have you, how has it been received? It's been a couple of weeks now since the story aired on TV and obviously multiple viewings available online. What's yeah, been yeah. the response? Um, well, when the story went to air, it was interesting because it, that was for our secrets episode, for episode one. So the way we kind of told the story was that we didn't reveal that the guys were trans initially. Initially, they're kind of just talking about the fact that they've got a secret or there's some information about themselves that they don't necessarily reveal to people when they first meet them. So, you know, initially people were saying, oh, you know, maybe they're gay, you know, maybe they've got AIDS or something like that. Um, And then sort of halfway through, they revealed that they're trans. And we got a really big reaction to that because a a lot of viewers, um, you know, queer viewers, and non, non-queer viewers were, were quite, you know, surprised at the fact that they were trans and I think it really started a lot of conversations around TV sets and computers <laughs> in Australia about the, the trans community. But on the whole, the, um, the story was well received. The, the trans and queer community thought that it was a really nice um, story in the sense that it allowed these guys to, to tell their own stories who weren't necessarily, you know, passing any judgment or anything on their decisions. And so episode two, you had uh, the story about... Uh, Marie Burke Callis, who um, is trapped in her own body. Yeah. How did you come about that story? That one came about because because that theme was captivity. We were looking at sort of lateral ways to go into that theme. And I wanted to do a story on people who were sort of captive in their bodies. And we were, we were thinking about sorts of examples of that, whether, you know, you're looking at blind people or deaf people or... Um, you know, disabled people, and just through that conversation, um, one of the producers on our show used to work on Andrew Denton's Enough Rope a few years ago, um, and on the Enough Rope website, people in the community can nominate themselves or, or people they know as potential um, interview subjects for that show, and, and John, who's our producer, he remembered that someone had nominated a woman with locked-in syndrome from South Australia, he, like about maybe five or more years ago. Wow. Um, and I went back on the, the website kind of like sort of posting page and, and saw that, yes, there was a, a, a woman, Marie Burkellis, and I kind of did a bit of Google searching and managed to find her husband's phone number because he's a real estate agent in <laughs> South Australia. So it was a, a bit of detective work, but that's how we got her. A real investigative journalist trick there. <laughs> 
a little bit. <laughs> so you've uh, referred a couple of times to themes. Is that one of the changes that we've seen with the third season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Hungry Beast is a pretty eclectic show, like I'm not sure if you guys or your listeners watch much of the first two series, but the episodes are pretty scattergun. So, you know, you might go from a very serious story to a really silly piece to a comedy piece <clears throat> on all different sorts of topics and issues. And even though that was kind of cool and one of the intentions of the show, because I think initially we, we imagined Hungry Beast to be a bit like jumping online and watching stuff on the internet. Right. So when you're on the internet, you might watch a really stupid, funny video on YouTube and then you go back to your news website and you get your serious stuff. So it's quite eclectic and your mind darts around. But then some of the, the feedback we got back was that it was a, just a bit too random for viewers to kind of get so for the um the third series we decided that if we themed episodes we could still be creative within parameters and still have eclectic content within parameters but it would all be unified under a particular theme so um we've we've got 12 episodes this series and themes like you know secrets in captivity to waste isolation death Lots of different ones. Wonderful. Well, I want to find out some more about the themes that are coming and um, maybe the input for our community in those themes. Are you happy to stick around for a couple of minutes? Yeah, cool. Great. Well, we're going to play... It's a cute little ditty called Recognise. And we've been speaking with Monique Shafter from The Hungry Beast and we'll keep chatting with her after this. Want to promote your event or cause? Your quirky news? Or anything quirky for that matter? Have you got the lowdown with what's happening in our GLBTIQ community? Breakfast wants you. Email breakfast at joy.org.au. B-E-K-F-A-S-T at joy.org.au. And right here on Breakfast, we've been chatting with Monique Shafter from The Hungry Beast. And prior to uh, that track, Monique, we were talking about uh, the introduction of themes into season three of uh, The Hungry Beast. Yep. And have you found uh, that the themes have limited your ability to sort of have um, more time-sensitive stories? Um. A little bit. I mean, I, I like the idea of themes because I find it easier to be creative within parameters rather than having complete blue sky freedom because sometimes you kind of freak out when you can make a story about anything and you're just like, where do I start? So um, so with the themes, I, I sort of like channeling my brain in that way. But I guess the one compromise of that is that, you know, if something topical happens in the week and you go, oh, man, we need to cover that on Hungry Beast, you have to sort of think of a creative or lateral way um, to bring it in under a particular theme. And sometimes you can't do that um but i guess that was a conversation we had at the start of the series where we thought well you know topical versus interesting we'll, we'll lean towards interesting and we'll try and get the topical stuff in there if we can but it is a bit of a compromise so what sort of themes have we got um coming up that you think are in line with our community there's lots of different themes and you can generally you know under those umbrellas find a way to do a, a story that sort of represents the queer community or gets us in there somehow but um one of the 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 themes coming up is isolation and um and for that i was looking at um doing a story and member all the members of our queer community who um have faced discrimination in aged care because of that have almost downplayed the fact that they're gay so um i've read some research reports that were put together by um doctors catherine barrett and joe harrison 
um, and they did some research with the Matrix Guild and um, Vintage Men a couple of years ago, just looking at um, older members' attitudes towards aged care and discrimination, because a lot of the um, the nursing homes and stuff these days are all run by church groups, yeah. so a lot of older members of our community are a little uncomfortable about outing themselves, and there were stories of you know older gay and lesbian people sort of de-gaying their homes if, if home carers came to look after them, or one of the ladies was telling me about a man who used to hide his toys before his carer came over. And I'm not exactly sure what toys she was referring to, but my mind did kind of wander, wander a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's sort of one, um, I guess, LGBTI story that I'm looking at doing. Are you still looking for people to contact you about their experiences with that? Definitely, definitely. Something that, that's a bit hard about this story because you're looking at older members of our community who, uh, I guess, are sort of hiding the fact that they're gay. It's hard to find someone who would be prepared to out themselves on TV to talk about what they've experienced. So, you know, I've been speaking to people from the, the various sort of queer organisations in Australia and I've spoken to a few, few of the, the oldies as well but I haven't yet found someone who'd be prepared to talk about their fear of discrimination or what they've actually faced in aged care. So if any of your listeners have experienced that themselves or know of someone, I'd love for them to, to get in touch with me via you guys. If you do know anyone, please just send us an email, breakfast at joy.org.au or give us a call here, 1300 JOY 949 and we'll pop you in touch with Monique. I had a little look around the internet myself before I had a chat with you and I found um, that we have a common, well, I assume <laughs> still a common affection for Missy Higgins and, uh, <laughs> and I just wondered, is that still a common affection for you? Because it sounds like we're competing. Uh, maybe I, I still have a bit of a crush on her. <laughs> Yeah, so she's got a lovely short blonde haircut now, so that's I, lovely. I've heard this. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. It looks <laughs> oh. like my hair looks like in the 90s, I think. <laughs> okay, well, 90s are back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Completely. <laughs> so um, so I, knew, I saw that you had this um, affection for Missy Higgins. I also saw your song on Missy Higgins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Any more music coming? Um, I'm having a bit of a rest at the moment. Um, the, the Kill Room, which is sort of the, the band name, it was something I started in the early 2000s just after I came out. I think I was a bit sort of inspired by Peaches kind of, you know, singing about her sexuality and being totally punk about it all. And I thought, yeah, man, I'm going to do that. So I wrote all of these kind of explicit songs about sex and being a lesbian and all this <laughs> kind of stuff, um, which was super fun. And then um, Rhea Moulds joined the band as well for a few years, although now it's back to a solo project again. So <laughs> while uh, Hungry Beast is on air, I'm having a bit of a rest, but hopefully I'll get back into it in the second half of the year. All right. Right, cool. Well, good thing about that, you know, you can rope in lots of different collaborators and stuff. Totally, totally. Some of the girls um, in a band called Presaget here in Sydney, they're a sort of a sort of a female queer electro duo. They're keen to write some stuff together, so there might be some of that down the track. Ooh, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can catch Hungry Beast uh, Wednesday nights on ABC One at 9.30, and if you miss that... Loving the time shift and the multiple channels nowadays. You can get it on uh, Thursday nights on ABC2 at 10.15 or any time you like, really, or on uh, the Hungry Beast website. And if you want to follow Monique Shafter on Twitter, she's on there. You like to tweet, don't you? I love tweeting. I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you tweet some good stuff. 
So not just about boxing. No, <laughs> no. You know, we uh, we got to chat with Paul from Born This Way blog, and uh, that was because uh, you tweeted about him. Oh, so, wonderful! Actually, yeah. I did listen to your podcast of that. That was a really interesting interview. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we might get you back um, closer to the isolation uh, program and see how it's all gone. Awesome, that'd be great. All right, well, have a wonderful Boxing Day. Throw down the rest <laughs> of your muesli. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. Uh, I love that. A great Boxing Day. Yay. yay. <laughs> well, thanks again, Monique. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers. See you. Thanks. Monique Shafter there from The Hungry Beast. You can catch it Wednesday nights at 9.30 on ABC One. Here at Joy 94.9, we'll hear from Katie Lang in about 60 seconds' time. Breakfast is on Twitter. Follow her today at B-E-K-F-A-S-T. Thanks for listening to a Breakfast podcast. Tune in live every Saturday morning from 7 till 9 on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.